We all know the legal world is complex and high pressured. There's no room for error. That's why judges and attorneys across Chicagoland have trusted the expert court reporters at McCorkle Litigation Services since 1948. McCorkle Litigation Services has accurately recorded every word from thousands of legal proceedings. McCorkle Litigation Services provides the legal community with peace of mind, transcribing testimony and depositions that can be used reliably by jurors, judges, and attorneys. For all of your legal support needs, contact McCorkle Litigation Services online at McCorkleLitigation.com. To kick things off, return guests on this program, you know her and you love her. Gloria Allred, founding partner of Allred, Morocco, and Goldberg. She's a civil rights lawyer, the preeminent female rights activist, and of course the author of the book, Fight Back and Win. Gloria, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. We're always very, very honored to have you on our show, so we appreciate it. So Harvey Weinstein, of course, was found guilty of third-degree rape and criminal sexual act in the first degree. Mm-hmm. He is now in Rikers Island, uh, facing up to 25 years in prison. You represent Mimi Halayi. I might be mispronouncing her last name. That's okay. She's now going by uh, Mimi Halay. Okay, Mimi Halay. Uh, she's one of the two women that Weinstein was found guilty of attacking. You also represent uh, Annabelle Shiora, who's an actress, and Lori Marie Young. So tell us maybe some insight as to how your clients felt after the uh, rather groundbreaking verdict. Well, uh, I'll just speak for uh, Mimi at this point, and uh, Mimi is, as she said, very relieved uh, and, you know, very satisfied that the jury listened to her and heard her and um, believed her, and uh, now he's been convicted, and she's uh, preparing a victim impact statement, which she will deliver on Wednesday at the sentencing. Uh, only two, only the two persons who are victims, technically classified as victims, uh, that is Mimi and Jessica, whom I do not represent, uh, Jessica having, uh, in, in, in reference to Jessica, he was convicted of third-degree rape, and in reference to Mimi, She's the one uh, they convicted him of a criminal sexual act against her, and that's a very much more serious. It's a violent felony, and uh, most of the time for which he could be sentenced would be on the basis of the conviction in reference to Mimi. So, uh, you know, there's uh, this is a case that was hard, you know, hard fought by both sides. After Wednesday, after the sentencing, that's not the end for Mr. Weinstein because the Los Angeles County District Attorney also, um, you know, has brought charges against Mr. Weinstein. Uh, one of my clients uh, is also the one of the two victims in the L.A. case. So there will be an attempt uh, to perhaps extradite him uh, to Los Angeles uh, to proceed with the Los Angeles County case as soon as possible after the sentencing. So, Gloria, many, including yourself, have called this verdict a turning point in rape cases. Can you please explain why you feel that way? Well, as... Uh, I've been practicing for 44 years, and I have never seen so many criminal cases uh, filed against high-profile, uh, rich, famous uh, individuals, the potential defendants, as I have in the last year or so. Uh, 
And that inc- includes against Mr. Weinstein, but is not exclusive to Mr. Weinstein, because, of course, we're also seeing we saw a prosecution of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, and I represent five uh, victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, also of R. Kelly, and I represent a number of victims of R. Kelly, and he's being prosecuted by the Justice Department in New York, in Illinois, state prosecution in Chicago, uh, Cook County, and then also uh, in Minnesota. And, uh, and, and of course, we know that Bill Cosby was convicted. Uh, he's in prison now, uh, and uh, he is classified as sexually violent predator. I still have a civil lawsuit pending against him. We're going back to court soon. Uh, set a date for trial for that. So, uh, and as I say, Cuba Gooding Jr. is being prosecuted as well in New York. Uh, so, and I represent uh, one of the alleged victims of, uh, actually two, uh, Mr. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. So uh, it is a turning point. Now, as to this, uh, the criminal justice system taking women more seriously and their allegations more seriously. And in reference to Mr. Weinstein, this was a big risk for the New York prosecutor to take. And it's unusual. And also for the L.A. prosecutor, because what we're talking about, at least in New York, has to do with often uh, persons who are victims. And that includes both Mimi and Jessica, but who continued to have contact with the perpetrator uh, after uh, the criminal acts took place. And so often in the past, prosecutors wouldn't file those kinds of cases. They, I guess, thought that juries wouldn't believe the women if there was continued contact. But in this case, we had the expert testimony of Dr. Barbara Ziv, an expert on rape and sexual assault. And she testified that it's very common to have continued communication uh, with the uh person who raped or sexually assaulted a woman afterwards, and it's not like a stranger in a dark alley holding a gun to a woman's head and raping her there where you wouldn't expect any contact. There are lots of reasons for continuing contact after the rape with someone who is an acquaintance, someone you know, and it doesn't mean the rape or sexual assault did not occur. Especially in the movie industry, Gloria, where Weinstein enjoyed such a prominent position for years. Um, I think the fact that the jury was able to overcome the idea that one of the victims was still in contact with Weinstein and actually the, both of them were right. So mm-hmm. and exactly and to the but point one to a greater extent than the other. Right. Mine had minimal contact. Right. So it really is, you know, um, I think very compelling and to the jury's credit that they were able to overcome that stigma and still find in favor of the prosecution. Exactly. It's just really a, a new day in the in that sense, and you know I'm glad that the jury understood the nature of sexual assault. And I think one of the jurors commented, you know, you can be raped by your own husband, even though you're married. That's possible, and then continue to have contact. So, and that's true of domestic violence victims as well. Often, child sexual abuse victims. What are they going to do? Leave their family? Leave their home? And often people in the workplace, employment or business, and, and there was a an employment or business relationship with these two victims in the New York case. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not going to continue contact with, uh, with Andrea Constant in the Bill Cosby criminal case. Yes, there were a number of calls afterwards, which seemed strange at the time. 
that we heard about that in court. But then when she explained that it was part of her job to continue to have contact with the trustee of Temple University, and, and so she did, uh, even though he had victimized her, drugged and sexually assaulted her, uh, the jury understood and they convicted him. So I, I give a lot of credit to juries to look at all the facts, look at all the evidence that's admitted in the court of law and make the right decision. Gloria, uh, yesterday was International Women's Day. You're, as Sam mentioned, one of the most prominent women's rights advocates and mm-hmm. civil rights advocates in the country. Tell us what you've got next on your dock. You've always got some of the most interesting cases and clients around. So Give our listeners an update or a preview of what else is on the all red docket as we go forward, uh, go forward here. Lots of interesting cases coming up, but one that has to do with civil rights, but not necessarily women's rights. I did last Friday, and that was a case where I represent a 13-year-old uh, middle school student uh, who alleges that he coughed in his class after drinking water, and it went down the wrong windpipe, according to uh, this young man that I represent. And he's Asian-American, and his teacher said, go to the nurse. And he said, well, I feel I, I don't need to. I feel fine. He was told, go to the nurse. And he went to the nurse. The nurse said he was fine. He came back and asked the teacher, did you send me because I'm Asian? Hmm. And the teacher didn't respond. And as he left the class, a lot of kids were kidding him about, oh, you must have the coronavirus. And anyway, ultimately, the te- we allege that the teacher retaliated against him for asking the question by doing various things to him, which we laid out at a press conference last week, and um, which are totally unacceptable. The school did an investigation. They tried to have the t- they, they 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 told the mother um, reportedly that uh, they, as a result of their investigation, they that what she alleged and the and the young man, the child alleged was true. Uh, but the teacher declined to apologize. He said he didn't recall. And in any event, so we have filed a complaint on Friday with the United States Department of Education Office of Civil Rights, asking them to do an investigation and also asking Los Angeles Unified School District to do an investigation. Because we can't have stereotypes about, you know, Asian Americans and do they have the coronavirus. We can't have that interfering with their right to equal educational opportunity. And they have a right to ask that question um, and that the child asked and, and not to be retaliated against uh, because they asked the question. Childs now had to go to another class, not a science honors class, which is the one he was in, uh, but another science class. And, you know, I just think he's not the one who should have to pay the penalty uh, for what happened. That is the great Gloria Allred. She's been on with us multiple times here on Legal Face Up. Gloria, thanks again, and we'll do it again soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a great day.